This is the Timothy Project podcast, and this is the very first episode of said podcast. So uh, welcome to this podcast. We're excited to have you listening in today. And the, the intent of this podcast is to provide uh, really insight, uh, maybe even some encouragement for those in ministry, leading out in ministry, specifically uh, in the church ministry. And so uh, with me today is uh, Jerry Welch, who I most often call Gerald. Uh, but Jerry is the family discipleship pastor here at Colonial Heights, and as such does um, really what would have like stereotypically or maybe uh, historically been described as Minister of Education, right? You said earlier that was your title for like 20 years. Uh, that was long-time title for you. Um, but uh, yeah, we're glad to have you, Jerry. Ah, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here this morning. Yeah. I'm excited. So, so what we're going to do is uh, we will have three or four episodes of you and me here talking a little bit about what all falls into that family discipleship pastor role or minister of education. And where I want to start is, again, kind of thinking historically, what would have fallen under this role is the organization of Sunday school, small group, life group, whatever that might be called at your church. Here, we call that life group. But tell us why that is so important and how that can, um, yeah, like, what what your role in that is, and what why it's so important for the life of the church? Absolutely, uh, this is something I've been doing for uh, quite a long time. As God called me into ministry, I thought my very first thought was I had to be a pastor or a missionary or uh, the music guy. The only other thing you could do is youth ministry. That's what I thought, right. and uh, uh, I realized very quickly God didn't call me to do any of those uh, in a full time right. capacity. And I met a guy, my mentor, uh, Mark Bricker, who was actually here at Colonial Heights at the time. Mm -hmm. I was in college. I met him. He was a minister of education, and uh, I met with him one day. And uh, I love Mark, but he probably has no recollection of me walking into his office this day because it was random. You know, I just wanted to walk in and ask one question, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I'd never heard of this minister of education thing, but it sounded very interesting to me. And so uh, he began to tell me about what he does in his job. And I don't remember if it was a long conversation or a short one, but it was a life-transforming conversation where the Lord just confirmed with everything he said, this is what I called you to do. And so I stood up, walked out, knowing this is what God has called me to do. And uh, a lot of it had to do with this idea of what we call life groups, Mm -hmm. um, the small group, uh, because I really believe in uh, the relationship side of the church. If we're going Absolutely. to be the church and hold one another accountable for uh, walking with Christ, then um, you've got to find a way to do that outside of the large group on Sunday morning. Uh, and so right. uh, the large group gathering is awesome, and I think we need that. Uh, but the small group structure is set up so that we break up into smaller groups where we can study God's Word um, and we can hold one another accountable through relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, that's why I believe it is, uh, you know, uh, there's not a great way to 
to call it. I was going to call it like the the first thing comes to my mind is the lifeblood of the church. Well, that would be Jesus. So right. yes, uh, it's no. not that. It's not that. It's it's not the core ministry of the church, but it is in some ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, I realize we're all worshipers, and yeah, sure. so we're. We're all called to worship, but this is a way that we kind of inspire one another another to do that on a small well, group level, especially in a church of of uh, size that is. So, like I've been in churches that are just like eight, ten people. Well, oh, they, yeah. they don't necessarily have to have a an additional small group time because they they are a small group. Uh, but but once it gets past. 30 people, uh, maybe even 20 people, you're needing to break up in some level to to have some of those depth of conversations or uh, even in thinking about kind of the difference between preaching, mm-hmm. which I do, and teaching that happens in the life group room or Sunday school classroom. There is a, a difference in delivery. There's a difference in uh, other than I've made this joke although it's not a very joke, it's like true fact, <laughs> other than like my son, Luke, or my mom, those are the only people that really interrupt me when I'm preaching. And so uh, other people, you're not raising your hand, asking a question. You do that, however, in a life group room, small group, Sunday school kind of setting. Absolutely. So so those kind of, so once you get past like a church of 20, mm-hmm. you're really kind of needing some of that smaller group in some setting um, and so I, that is most churches. While I, to our statistically, we know that for Baptist churches in Mississippi, it's like eighty-five percent of them have less than a hundred people. But even still, they would benefit from Sunday school life group, and most of them have that. Yeah. So, so tell me then, as as you are also. Uh, Again, you you teach seminary classes and um, and and think along this line a lot of times when you are uh, wanting if you're wanting to equip somebody in that lane. Maybe it's a pastor who doesn't have a minister of education on their staff. Maybe it's a actually a minister of education. You want to say to them, "Hey, as you're thinking about life group again, whether it's maybe those are two different things. If it's the pastor or the the guy that he's the only one carrying that. Um, what are what kind of encouragement or um, like instruction would you give them as to how to how to make that thrive? Oh yeah, the um, I, I think most churches would naturally think you need a small group for kids. Right. We need small groups for the youngest because they learn differently mm-hmm. than other uh, adults. And, and as you go through that, and so I think very natural, regardless of the size of church, to think, oh, we need somewhere for the kids. We mm-hmm. need a special type of instruction for kids. And, and then most places would say the same thing for our teenagers, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to youth ministry. And so natural places to begin are in those age group ministries yeah, where good. it's very natural for everyone in the congregation to go, yes, that's yep. very obvious to us. I think the place where sometimes uh, there can be a struggle is uh, how it relates to adults, mm-hmm. and which is my favorite part of it uh, because of what I like to do, um, which is get in that... Uh, situation where you're sitting around talking about the scripture and you're interacting and you're listening to one another and you're taking your time and walking through verse by verse and uh, you're learning from others and you're having that 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 talking time. That's why I really believe that in order for these small groups to thrive, 
they need to be different from a sermon. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be another sermon because right. then you're just creating another venue to preach. Right. Uh, nothing wrong with that unless what you're trying to do is develop, you know, uh, this small group structure where people are building in relationship and learning and growing from one another. And so I would encourage anybody who was looking at, okay, maybe this is something I want to start or something that we want to improve in our church. I would begin by looking at what kind of interaction are you having within yeah. those classes, especially within adults. Uh, if you're breaking up into small groups at all, uh, are you building those for discussion? Are you training your teachers um, so that they're prepared for that? Because otherwise, they're probably going to follow the model that they see every Sunday, which is a pastor who stands up and preaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly think there's a place for that, and that's wonderful, but it's not in the small group. Yeah. <laughs> would would you recommend, if possible, to uh, again? I'm thinking most of uh, most of the churches that would be listening uh, would would have some sort of Sunday school life group, something, and that the the minister is not typically the one who's teaching that. Uh, would you recommend that if there are three or four classes, maybe that they try to go in and observe those teachers? Would you recommend, you said train them, but it's like they could be at different levels. And so it can be hard to know who's what and how they teach. And would you recommend that? Is that Mm -hmm. threatening to those Sunday school teachers or would you use it as a way to like, what would you say to somebody like, how, how would that work? I think it certainly can be threatening. Everybody has a a different personality, and some people do not mind at all. Uh, Some of especially if you have teachers who are trained teachers who are teaching in other contexts, in the public school system or private school system or wherever, and they're accomplished teachers and they're used to it, then they may not be that super nervous about somebody uh, sitting in and listening. But I I do think that's a a great way to do that, and, and probably the best way to do that and take the edge off is to do it often. Yeah. Not to yeah, yeah, make yeah, yeah. it the one time that I walk in and I'm giving you a grade, but just to filter in every mm-hmm. now and then and make it casual and be a part of the group and to be careful. I will warn pastors and uh, ministers, be careful when you walk in the room, your tendency is going to be to own the room. You're mm-hmm. going to take over or dominate the conversation. If you're not careful, uh, you've got to be very sensitive to deferring right. to the teacher that... Uh, as often as you can, not in an awkward way, um, but to encourage them. I think some other ways that you can train them uh, is, is through, uh, you know, we've got a, a plethora of resources now available online. Uh, people can watch uh, lots of things. Lifeway has just recently come out with some really good ongoing training for teachers. Mm-hmm. You can plan uh, based on the podcasts and videos and things that they're doing every week for a year. Uh, those kinds of things are really good. There are others who are fantastic leaders. Yeah. Um, Alan Taylor uh, produces some fantastic sure, stuff sure. That, that he has out there on a regular basis. Um, there are uh, lots of things, books um, that I would recommend by Steve Parr. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for stuff that's like really practical and uh, I like his stuff because it's easy to read and easy to translate into, okay, I can do something about this. Yeah. Um, Ken Braddy, who's with Lifeway um, now, he also has a book called uh, Breathing Life into the Sunday School, that okay. kind of thing, where uh, some other books like that where it's short snippets, easy things, good wins. Um, I would good. say just don't overwhelm people with, okay, we've got a 
do everything right sure. all at at the very first, but let's let's incrementally begin growing. You have done some of this before, no. where you have, and this isn't like a, a a plug for you, but you we just talked about it. you have gone into a church in town or whatever who maybe is a little bit smaller than us, and they said, hey, we don't have a minister of education, but could you come do a Sunday school training for us? And I would say that. That is a, a fruitful kind of thing to look around your community and say, okay, wh- where is a, a place doing it well? I mean, uh, l- go to your association, go to your convention. And this is uh, across, this isn't just Baptist. Like there's other, look to other churches that are doing this well, that are doing a small group, life group, Sunday school thing well, and say, how are you doing that? Like asking those questions, we are all on the same team. So, Let's let's learn from each other in that way, and um, and really, in some ways, uh, that's part of what we want to do as the Timothy Project, right? So this ministry that is intended to equip and train and uh, encourage pastors and ministers and missionaries, I think, man, we want to help connect people. So. Um, yeah, seeking like, wise counsel is a good idea. Right, the Bible mentions that often, multiple times. So I fully believe in that. If yep. you see someone who's doing well, then don't be afraid to be the one Absolutely. who calls and says, "Hey, can I find out from you how you're doing that or how things are working there?" Yep. Because it may not work the same in yeah. your place, but if you can learn. Something be a from them, asker. absolutely. Yep. Well, and most people, I believe, I have found most of us who are called in ministry are willing to share mm-hmm. and and want to turn around and be a blessing to others that are around yeah. us. Sometimes we just get so wrapped up in our own details of what we're doing, where we are, that we don't necessarily think to include others. Yeah. That's why we have the Timothy Project, because we're trying to be intentional about that. But um, many times we're, we're just busy doing our thing and would be more than willing. And so I would absolutely encourage you to check with the church down the street, talk with others, you know, let iron sharpen iron absolutely. Uh, a little bit there. I remember uh, when I was uh, many years ago, when uh, I was new as a very young minister of education, and uh, I got uh, introduced to some information by Josh Hunt. I don't know if you know Josh, uh, but he actually came, spoke at our church, did some things. But I remember there were some very simple principles that that I would encourage people to to think about. Like I remember one of his was give Friday night to Jesus. It's like you know, uh, if you're going to teach a small group. Um, you need to do more than just study the Bible. You need to have fellowship. You need to encourage one another. And I'll never forget, he. one of his principles was uh, people that are opposed to Jesus are probably not opposed to ice cream. And <laughs> so his thing was, you could probably invite people to ice cream. That I am might opposed not. to neither. <laughs> I vote yes, yes for Jesus and ice cream as well. But I remember those kinds of things. Yeah, and I remember when you were talking a minute ago, I was thinking about one of his other principles that that he it was a little more controversial one where he would say teach a halfway decent lesson every Sunday, and I remember people were like, "What? <laughs> what do you mean?" He's like, "You know what? There's probably only one master teacher in your church, or two or three, depending on the size mm-hmm. of your church. There's only a couple of people who are really capable of knocking it out of the park every Sunday." He said, "But if you come prepared." And you come right, right. ready with stuff. It doesn't have to be rocket science. It doesn't have to be the best lesson that's ever happened. Just come every Sunday, always prepared, 
always ready. Make sure that people know something to faithfulness. Yeah, there's something to it. that that the, the mm-hmm. people and because you're in relationship. That's right. It bears bears much fruit. So make sure they good. know that there's always going to be good content, good yeah. stuff. We're going to have a good discussion every time we come. It yeah. doesn't have to be. Amazing, unbelievable, but just rock solid. And and the other thing before I, f- I forget is um, I, I started by talking about relationships mm-hmm. or one of the things that we talked about early, and and we, we've jumped into teaching and, and that sure. kind of stuff, but not to forget that That's a right. big aspect of small group is the ministry that we're doing that as the pastor of the church, you can't handle the ministry oh, to every no, single yeah. person all the time. And you need help. You you oh, need... And in fact, I yeah. think it's a biblical model. If you do it all by yourself all the time, you're not following scriptural right. principles. Right. You're supposed to be spreading it out and training and equipping others to lead. And so these small groups are where we take meals to one another. We mm-hmm. minister when people have a baby or when someone is sick or uh, whatever, where we become, we're reading a book right now, we're talking about the the proclamation of the gospel mm-hmm. uh, versus a promoting of the gospel. And so there are so many ways that we speak the gospel, but then there are other ways that we live yeah. the gospel. That's and good. I think these small groups should really be living out the gospel hands-on yep. all the time. That's good. That's good. Well, that'll uh, wrap us up for this episode. There's gonna, this will be a part of kind of a bundle that we talk about, kind of the the work of kind of discipleship, education, quote unquote, ministry in the church. And so there will be three or four that we will get to talk some more with Jerry. But uh, so thankful for you listening and. Um, I think I'm supposed to say something like you can leave a rating or review and that'll help. Uh, But I would also say share this on social media, uh, whatever the case is. Thank you so much for listening.